Welcome to Grieving Insomniacs. I am your host, Christy Haberman. I am glad you're here. Thanks for being a part of our community. A few disclaimers before we get started. I am a licensed therapist. However, this podcast is not to be considered mental health therapy or counseling. It is for entertainment purposes only and is not associated with my counseling practice, Christy Haberman Counseling Services. Thanks for showing up. Welcome to Grieving Insomniacs. This is your host, Christy Haberman. I am here with my dog, Kai. If this is the first time coming to my podcast, you'll hear her in the background often snoring or walking around. You can hear the chain clinking in the background. That's her. She's my co-host. She likes to sit here and listen to me talk whether I'm counseling someone or whether or not I'm doing my podcast, she's always here. She's not a real therapy dog, but she definitely thinks she's a counselor. So last week after I got done recording my podcast, I received a call that was kind of a life affirming call and that I was asked to go to respond to a crisis at a at my job. And during this event, I was able to meet another grieving mother. Now this lady did not know that I was a grieving mother because I never told her. But I swear that energy recognizes energy and she knew. as one grieving mom recognizes another grieving mom. There's something spiritual about this work that we do. I'm 100% convinced of that. The whole experience was so life-affirming. Just as this podcast is life-affirming, I have felt such a sense of peace doing this podcast. Even though my friends and even some of my family are not so sure about it, they're like, are you sure you should be talking about these things? These things are private. And not necessarily. I think that grief needs to be brought into the public eye. I think that my story might help someone else. I know other people's stories help me. And so for those of you that turn in every week and listen to my podcast, I want to thank you so, so very much. And if you're considering or struggling with your own grief, finding a way to give back, even if it's sharing your story with someone else or providing support to someone else that's going through very similar experience, I can't even begin to explain how much that helps with your own grief burden. So enough of that. If I could go around the country just helping grieving mothers, I think that would be a lifelong dream of mine. In some way, some form, maybe that experience is going to come true. So what I want to talk about today, I had to reach out to another grieving mom that I know, that I know has been listening to my podcast, and I asked... I'm kind of stuck this week about what to talk about. 
And this is just one of those experiences that spiritually you know that something is higher than ourselves is going on. And so she tells me that this Saturday coming up will be her daughter's five-year angel anniversary. And she asked me to talk about anniversaries. And I went back through my podcast episodes and I have not talked about anniversaries. And sometimes when you're down in the weeds, you forget the simplest things. So let's talk about the anniversary dates. I think what's so hard for people to understand when it comes to death is that what a life-changing experience it is. And so when talking to this other grieving mother, which is, I want to send out a shout out to you, Trudy, for coming up with this podcast episode for me, is that you need to understand one life ended and another life began, even if you're the grieving one that was left behind. So for my, in my own experiences, about a month before an anniversary date. So a significant anniversary date for me is my son's birthday. It's significant in the sense that he was diagnosed with cancer on his 25th birthday. So not only is that the day that he entered into this world, that's the day that his exit out of this world began. And I get angry But I think I go numb first and I don't feel anything. And it's almost the anticipation of the day because you know for sure that you'll remember every single moment from the time you got the call until the end. And so going up into that day, you have to kind of prepare your life to what you know it's going to, you're going to experience. I think year one, you're just shocked and you're like, okay, this is year one. Year two, it was like, why? I thought this would be over by now. I thought it'd be over by now. Three and four, you start to realize that this is just going to be your life moving forward. So then you need to start planning for it. So we all have our ways of coping. So for me, I'm very insular, which means I go inside of myself. I quit interacting with the world. I really have to force myself to answer the phone interact with my friends, clean my house. Some would say it's a state of depression. I mean, I suppose you could make that argument, but so let's go over the criteria for depression. So the criteria for depression is it has to last longer than 30 days. The sense of um, powerlessness, hopelessness, sadness, 
eating too much, eating too little, insomnia. So the only thing is, though, that when you're depressed, you can't always identify why you're depressed. However, in grief, you can. You know that that the day or the anniversary date, whether it's the birthday, the um, death day, or some other important day, you know that once that day happens, you'll kind of begin to move out of it. So you prepare your life for these experiences. So if you have loved ones in your life, you let them know anniversary date is coming up. This is what I need from you. I need you to understand, like in my case, I don't think real clear. I'm very much more sensitive. I'm very irritable. And then I, too, on my end, I have to recognize that I am irritable. So if I need to, especially at work, I have to remove myself from certain situations. Because my tongue will get the best of me and I can't have that. So you kind of have to move yourself away. And then you have to do self-care. So self-care looks like for me, I may have to spend the day in bed or in my recliner, just doing nothing, staring at the TV, trying not to think, trying not to lose myself in the memories. I'll get sick in some way. I'll get the cold, I'll get the flu. I feel a lot of my grief psychosomatically, which means I just feel it in my body. I get heart palpitations off and on. So those might start up again closer to the anniversary date. And then I have to I don't journal so much anymore. I probably should, that would be a good option. I find myself engaging in more grief work, which is, I may look at pictures of Christopher. I may spend memories thinking about Christopher. I just spend a lot of time I'll listen to music. I'll listen to my Christopher music that I have on the radio. I was just thinking today, it's been a while since I listened to the radio uh, last week when I was out of town on my drive because I had to use GPS. I didn't listen to the radio, but there was a lot of silence time. And Christopher wanted to be a travel nurse. And as I'm traveling this beautiful setting to work every day to do what I was sent there to do, couldn't help but think about him and how he never got to experience where I was and how much he would have loved it and how that was kind of his dream to travel around the around the country and be a travel nurse and so there's sadness in that and 
the anniversary dates, those sadness intensify. And I've talked about ritual and this is when the ritual surrounding grief is so important. Is that when you engage in ritual, preparing what, whatever you do in remembrance of your loved one on the anniversary dates, that you do it intentionally and you do it with ritual because it's a way of acting out your grief to say to the deceased loved one how much they're missed. And so for outsiders, they may wonder why do we, why do we even acknowledge the anniversary dates? So let me tell you why, at least in my case. And I think that this is probably similar to other grieving mothers, not all of them, but I have a feeling there's an element of this in almost all of them, which is my life ended. The one that I knew and loved ended the day my son died and a new one began. And so this angel anniversary is not only a date to remember who he was, it's a day to remember who I was. I was a loving, kind, funny human being. And I'm not anymore. I do have an element of hardness to me now that I didn't have before. In fact, when I was working last week, one of my coworkers called me soulless. I'm not soulless. But when you have experienced the worst of the worst of the worst, not much else phases you. It's a place I live. This place that everyone else is so scared of. It's where I live. So no, I'm not afraid to go there. I'm not afraid to go there with another human being. Because I have learned that this is where I live. And everyone around me is just you know, traumatized. They'll do anything to avoid talking about grief or avoid talking about death or any of those other things that us grieving mothers experience on a regular basis. This is where we live. And so to outsiders, it may look like we're soulless, but we're not. We just live here and we've learned to manage. At least I have. I've learned that I can be present in my own grief and be present for someone else in theirs without their grief becoming mine and my grief becoming theirs. And I realized this week that that's a skill not everyone has. But for those of us that have lost children, we are doing that day over day over day over day and I see it in my support groups 
reaching out to each other, supporting each other. Me talking about anniversary dates for this grieving mother that I know that's coming up this weekend. And I talk about this a lot on this podcast, but you really have to practice self-compassion for yourself and for your others because the day that your child died is the day that you were lost to. And I know it doesn't seem possible if you're brand new into this journey, you will start to rebuild your life. It will not be a life that is recognizable. It will not be a life that you wanted. But it will be a life. And so in honoring the angel anniversaries, we're also at honoring ourselves. And so like for me, the birthday, the birthday is the start of the death cycle. And so when I found out he had cancer on that day, and I've talked about this a little bit, I did not think even at that moment that death was a possibility, that death might be one of the outcomes. I thought it would be in the future. You know, at some period of time, but I, w- I was faithful. I was faithful in modern medicine. And for those of you that have a traumatic experience regarding the medical field, I'm thinking that you had that same experience that you thought, we'll just take him to the doctor and it will be better. There's no thought that death is the outcome. None. Even when death became the outcome. Because for almost always, you know, at some point, the person that died does end up in a hospital. And so I think the other thing that what happens is the woulda, coulda, woulda, shoulda's, the guilt becomes especially strong around the angel anniversary dates because I don't care how they died there is always I wish I would have done this I wish I would have said this I wish I would have done that and that's when my feelings of that um, guilt become especially strong is around the angel anniversary dates because mine was I wish I had gone to him immediately And that always hits me right on his birthday. I wish I'd gone to him immediately, even though he told me not to. Even though he told me not to. So I'm grouchy and I'm irritable until the angel anniversary date. Now for some people, You know, the birthday 
and the angel anniversary are not connected so close. You know, they can be six months, six months apart. And I'm not sure what that would be like to experience because for the first six months of the year, for me, are the hardest. And then I feel like I get a break, at least for a few months until the holidays start. So I don't know what it would be like. And I would love to hear from some of you what it's like to have the birthday and then months later have the angel anniversary date. What's it like for you? I have a place where you can leave me a message on my on my podcast. I'd really like to know. And for those of you that have been able to rebuild a life, maybe to rebuild a life that you believe in and you're happy with, how did you do that? Because I see people saying, I'm living my life in honor of. And for those of us that struggle with that, because I know I struggle with that. I've only gotten to this place after EMDR therapy and it being 11 years. But I see people newly on the journey and they say that. And I'm like, how did you do that? So if you're one of those people and you would like to be interviewed on my podcast, please reach out. Because I would like to know how you did that. And I'm sure there's other people that are listening that would like to know, how did you do that? How did you, how did you rebuild your life? So other angel and or other anniversary dates might be like in my case, a birthday and the day of the sickness could be the same day. For some people, it could be the accident occurred this day and they died two or three days later. So then their whole grieving experience is going to last a week. And I cannot emphasize it enough. Self-care, 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 self-care. So for me, self-care looks like I don't work the day my son died. I just can't. My mind don't work. I'm angry. I'm sad. So many things happened that day. The day of his birthday. I don't work that day. I take it off. Last year, I spent it with my husband. The year before, I spent it with my best friend doing errands. The day before, or the year before, I spent it in bed. It doesn't matter what you do as long as it's comforting for you. I'm, I find it very, the holidays are kind of different. So I find it very interesting. And maybe I'll talk about it when it gets closer to the, closer to the holidays. But Thanksgiving is a trigger for me. I really thought it would be Christmas, but it's not. It's Thanksgiving. And I have spent more Thanksgivings alone since my son died than I ever did before he died. And it is extremely, extremely traumatic for me. It like highlights the fact that I don't have a family. 
that in losing Chris, I lost my family. And I did. I don't know about the rest of you, but my, I, I have no connections to my extended family. Um, really no connections to my siblings. There's all kinds of a traumatic history about that that started long before Christopher died. But I coped with it better before Christopher died. Now that Christopher died, I'm just, I just can't. Just can't. I don't know how else to say it. And so for me, those are trigger days also. So when it, when it breaks down, I mean, Christmas is one, but it's not nearly as traumatic for me as Thanksgiving is. His death day is one. His birthday is one. And then the other one that's a particularly hard date for me is his daughter's birthday. That occurred three months before he died, which I think is the greatest injustice. I think it's the greatest injustice for her and the greatest injustice for him. Because she lost a father and he lost a daughter. So that's another date that's very difficult for me. So as you can see throughout the year, you know, you move from one anniversary date to the other. So for those of you that love someone, that is grieving. Try to be understanding around the anniversary dates. Try to remember them on those anniversary dates because they make you feel so alone. You're so alone in your grief. It's like you're in a tunnel and you just need a hand up. So remember them on those dates. You will not make it worse. I promise you, you will not make it worse but you might make it better. And for those of you that don't want company, you need to tell people, I need to stay alone. Communication is the key. And communicate whether they want to hear it or not. Because sometimes we, we filter, you know, our conversation based off our audience. And I encourage you not to do that. Not to do that. I started to do that last week and I thought, no, Christy, no. What you bring to this situation, no one else can bring. And there's nothing wrong with saying that. Does it make people uncomfortable? Yes. But that's on them. It's not on you. So communicate. And for my friend Trudy, who's going to be experiencing an angel anniversary this weekend, my prayers will be with you. I will ask for a clear sunny day so that your messages to your daughter will get all the way to heaven. My heart breaks for you. This is Christy signing off. Have a great week. Send me a message. Please like me on Apple Podcast. I saw I was number 126 in grief. <laughs> Please like and subscribe. Help me move up so more people can hear my message. Have a great weekend.